You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 351 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rollman, coming to you live from Phillips Arena on this fine Wednesday evening. And the Atlanta Hawks emerged with a 107-102 to victory over the Indiana Pacers on this fine evening. And uh, it's a pretty surprising outcome in a lot of ways. Indiana was favored in this spot, and the Hawks actually led by double digits for most of this game. But uh, the fourth quarter got a little bit hairy. We'll talk about that game in a second. But the Hawks were able to hold on um, for the five-point victory and uh, you know enter next uh, the next game at home, which is going to be Friday against the Warriors on a little bit of a higher note, which is a very, very encouraging thing. Uh, before we get into the rest of the podcast, breaking down the game itself, the Hawks did make a transaction on Wednesday. They sent uh, Ricky Ford, I should say, uh, Tyler Cavanaugh to Erie to join the G League team as part of the rehab assignment. Uh, Kavanaugh's been on the shelf since uh, mid-January. The last time he played with the Hawks was January 17th. He uh, was healthy more recently than that, actually injured his ankle on a, on a, uh, a stint with the uh, Bayhawks in Erie. He was immediately recalled to... Uh, to sort of do the recovery on that ankle and uh, the rehab, but uh, apparently the Hawks think that he's close enough to be returning to a play that he'll be, he's going to be going to Erie first, maybe to play at least one game, probably a couple, maybe keep an eye on, on his progress. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, Mike Budenholzer uh, indicated that shoot around earlier on Wednesday. I was not in attendance, but uh, Kale Shinar brought word that uh, Bud indicated that Kavanaugh was getting closer to returning. And then just a couple hours later, he was being officially sent to Erie. So keep an eye on that. He's actually, he's actually a guy where I think the Hawks could certainly use him at the moment. Uh, Atlanta only has four true bigs on the roster um, with um, John Collins, Dwayne Dedman, Mike Muscala, and Miles Plumley. And for me, all four of those guys are centers first. A couple of guys, you know, of course, Collins and Muscala can play some power forward, but Kavanaugh is just a little bit more mobile than guys like Dedman and Plumley. And uh, just kind of give, uh, give the Hawks a little bit more offensive spacing, some more offensive fluidity than a guy like Plumley. So, you know, there, there's been some lamps in the recent past where you're talking about Plumley playing with another traditional center. I can't, I can't necessarily endorse that. So, Kavanaugh is not a guy that I think uh, that I think the world of necessarily as a prospect, but he was uh, pretty darn impressive in his small sample early on in the season playing for the Hawks. And it'd be nice to see him back on the court, if only just because the Hawks need to evaluate him as well. They have a multi-year contract with him. Uh, next year's contract is non-guaranteed, um, so the Hawks have to make a, a, a decision on that in the coming months, and uh, more information would be good to see from Kavanaugh. So he'll be back in the near future, I'd imagine, unless there's a setback, and uh, for now we'll just monitor him in Erie. Moving on to the game itself, I mentioned before, this is a game where the Hawks actually led by 23 points in the second half. They led by 20 at the start of the fourth quarter. It got very, very close after that. The Pacers outscored the Hawks by a 37-22 margin in the fourth quarter, but uh, Atlanta was able to hold on. We'll start, we'll start at the beginning here with just some uh, some notes from what transpired. Both both teams were actually scorching hot offensively in the first uh, few minutes. Uh, the Hawks made four of their first five three-pointers, and that was uh, a pretty, uh, imp- pretty important stretch early, early on in this game before they actually settled in defensively. Dwayne Devin was very, very good in the first quarter, eight points, and played some high-end defense in that, in that stretch. You know, I think only played seven or eight minutes in that first quarter, but he was uh, flying around in a big way. Um, Jalen Morris, who was just signed to a 10-day contract, I talked about him a little bit yesterday on the podcast, actually made his, de- his debut in this spot, and Bud actually praised him quite a bit after the game in his uh, post-game remarks. But uh, Morris entered, entered for the first time at the four-minute mark of the first quarter. I wasn't convinced he was going to necessarily play in this game, but because uh, Bud uh, kept it light with Malcolm Lay, we'll talk about that in a second, but Morris ended up playing some real rotation minutes and uh, looked just fine in a lot of ways. 
he, he appeared at the four-minute mark. Um, had, I quickly had a layup for his first NBA points. Uh, that was actually the only shot that he made in this spot, but at the same time, he didn't look terrible in a lot of different ways. We'll talk about him uh, in a moment. Uh, offensively, the Hawks were just okay in the first quarter, aside from the three-point shooting, but the, uh, defensively, they forced seven turnovers that actually helped them to stay in pace in this game before the rest of the defense sort of caught up as the game went along. Uh, Torian Prince had a really nice first half, 15 points on five of eight shooting and three of three from, from, three, from three-point line. Uh, Dedman had 13 and six in the first half, and those guys were the key. A sort of a weird note at halftime, neither Kent Bazemore nor Dennis Schroeder had scored a point. If you would bet me before the game that neither one of those guys would score and, and were both healthy, I would have certainly taken that bet, but one of those things where it just kind of happens that way. Uh, you know, Morris outscoring the duo was pretty amusing in, in some ways, but the Hawks were able to take a lead into the halftime break despite the fact that they, those guys did not score. That ended up being uh, pretty crucial, I thought, moving on down the stretch. Uh, Delaney did appear finally in the second quarter with four minutes, 54 seconds to play. So he sat the first 19 minutes, actually thought that by that point in time, he was going to be taking the, taking the night off. He was uh, questionable coming into this game with a knee injury. He's missed the last two games, and they definitely treated him with some kid gloves in terms of uh, minutes. I would like to see him play more. I actually Looked, he actually looked pretty good when he played, in my opinion, sort of, uh, from, from, especially from a health and quickness standpoint. But uh, you know, some weird, um, some weird decisions as to when you when you're going to play Delaney in this game. He, he did not appear at all in the first or third quarters and just played some bit minutes. But you know, Isaiah Taylor was good. We'll talk about that in a second. But Delaney is back and looked to be healthy after the game. Um, in the uh, first half, the Hawks emerged with a 93.7 defensive rating. That definitely would continue in, into the second half for the most part, although, although the fourth quarter got a little bit hairy, uh, of course. Um, actually, uh, the Hawks opened the second half with a 10-0 run, take a 15-point lead, and from there, it didn't even slow down. In fact, uh, Atlanta had a 24-8 run to open the second to open the second half and open the third quarter. Tyler Dorsey had a three to uh, cap that, and that, at that point in time, the Hawks were up by 21 points midway through the third. Uh, Indiana did have a uh, an 8-0 run uh, with 10 minutes left in the in the uh, fourth quarter. This sort of, sort of uh, started their comeback bid a little bit. Uh, that came after the fact that Pacers were 14 of 44 from the floor in uh, the second and third quarters combined. And that was a lot of defense from the Hawks and a lot of ineptitude from Indiana's offense. But uh, in the fourth quarter, the light kind of came on for the Pacers. Uh, the Hawks did uh, get, get the lead back to 19 after it was cut to 14 originally with an Isaiah Taylor 3. But from that point forward, the Pacers got down to 12 with six minutes left. And then a little bit of play-by-play here. An old, a Victor Oladipo jump shot got it to single digits with, with 429 remaining. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich was fantastic in that fourth quarter. Hit a three, get back within six. Uh, and then uh, Demond the bonus hit two free throws to get within four with two and a half minutes to go. Collins, uh, John Collins had a huge uh, offensive rebound to put back, sort of stem the tide a little bit, and the Hawks ended up trading, trading buckets with them a little bit in that mid to late uh, fourth quarter range. And then Dennis Schroeder took over from that point forward. He finished a left-hand layup to uh, put the Hawks back within four. Uh, sorry, back up by four. And then they actually he had one one really bad shot. I thought he settled for a contested three that I went begging. But aside from that, uh, that got that, that got the lead down to two after Sabonis scoring the other end of the floor. But uh, Schroeder went one on three and scored with about 45 seconds to go. And then the clincher was uh, Indiana turning the ball over in the corner with, with Bogdanovich after an official review was ruled that it was Hawks ball and then uh, Schroeder finished the game off basically with another layup to make things academic. The Hawks were able to hold on from that point forward. So um, not a whole lot of Schroeder in this game, but he definitely took over down the stretch and that, that was clearly the design. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily love that um, that sort of offensive design in the way that that would be, especially after a quiet game. But sometimes when the game slows down, you have to have the ball in, in the player's hands that is going to be have, have the best chance to create their own shot. And on this team, it is certainly Dennis Schroeder. Um, moving on to the individual portion of the podcast, we will start with the starting lineup in this game. Uh, four guys in double figures in the starting lineup. Only Kent Bazemore was not. He was 3 of 7 from the floor, 0 of 4 from 3, so made all three of his twos, missed all four of his threes. 
six points, five assists, two steals. It was plus nine. I thought he defended well, but a pretty anonymous um, uninspiring offensive performance from Kent. Uh, Bud did uh, credit him with some of the defensive communication and, and sort of being the leader of the defense in a lot of ways. But uh, he was plus nine. It wasn't as if Bazemore was bad, but he just didn't have a whole lot going on offensively. I mentioned Schroeder before. We did not have a huge offensive game, but 14 points, five assists, five steals for Dennis. Three rebounds. He was four of 13 from the floor. I mentioned already that in the first half he didn't score a point, so all, all 14 came in the second half, and uh, he was certainly uh, not you know not great offensively in this game, but I will credit him in, in, in an immense way because defensively, this is probably one of Schroeder's better efforts of the season, maybe his best effort of the, of the season defensively from start to finish. He was really active on the ball. It wasn't as if Dennis was awesome defensively, but he was certainly engaged and trying, and there was a lot of effort put forth on the, on, on the, on the team, really on the defensive end of the floor from top to bottom, but you know, with Schroeder being as bad as he's been at times this season defensively. It was good to see him sort of helping to set the tone on that on the floor. And Corey Joseph was uh, actually scoreless from Indiana the starting point guard for the Pacers in 31 minutes. That's not all about Schroeder playing great defense, but at the same time, uh, his defensive effort was very, very good by his standards in this game, and that's uh, very, it's certainly important to note, especially uh, because uh, I know a lot of the attention was uh, paid to the, the way that he closed the game, but uh, overall, his offense was not great, but his defense was actually quite good by his standards from this season. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, 29 minutes, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 4 block shots, and two steals for Deadman. I thought he was great in this game. I would actually like to see him play a little bit more than 29 minutes. Honestly, that's, that's how good he was. Six of eight from the floor, three of three from three, and uh, he was fantastic um, for the most part. He was he was actually minus, minus 11, which is kind of funny considering I thought he played very, very well. That's how single game plus minus can get you in some trouble at times, but I thought uh, Dwayne was fantastic. Torian Prince with 35 minutes to lead the team. Uh, 15 points, seven, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block shot. He was actually 0 of 5 from the floor in the second half. and did not, did not score in the second half. I will credit him. Um, defensively, he got he gave better effort in this game than he has in quite a while. I mean, a lot of people were sort of uh, making fun of the uh, fact that I had talked uh, about his effort yesterday in a, in, a, in a derogatory fashion, and I thought he was definitely better in this game offensively, especially in the first half. I thought, you know, uh, he had the ball in his hands, was, was aggressive uh, quite a bit from the opening tip. In the second half, obviously offensively, he sort of waned a little bit, but defensively managed to maintain most of his effort and is one of his better performances on, on, on that end of the floor in a while. Um, and, you know, plus six in 35 minutes, a lot of workload for him because of the fact that the Hawks are shorthanded on the wing right now, but 35 minutes, he handled that pretty well. And uh, even with the uh, ugly second half numbers, still finished with a nice across-the-board line. And finally, John Collins, 27 minutes. He finished with 16 points to lead the Hawks, seven rebounds, two assists, two block shots. He was plus nine and uh, seven of nine from the floor. He was just very efficient as usual with John. He had a couple of uh, highlight dunks, uh, some nice defensive plays rotating, and he was just very, very good in the spot. Nothing uh, out of the ordinary necessarily for John in, in a good or bad way, but I thought he was uh, you know, a, a very, very good, good performance from the youngster, and you can't really ask for more. He closed the game at center and uh, you know, did a good job in, in sort of preserving the glass and doing all, all that fun stuff uh, in the middle. Moving on to the bench, Mike Muscala actually led the team in field goal attempts. He was 5 of 14 and 0 of 5 from 3. Uh, I can't really criticize his uh, three-point shooting because all five looks were pretty open. He just missed them in this game, but uh, 12 points, 8 rebounds, had 6 offensive rebounds. The Hawks had 32% of their offensive rebounds in this game. That's very, very un-Hawks-like, and Muscala was sort of flying around in that way. So you can't you just uh, singularly praise a guy who was five or, four, five or fourteen from the floor, but I thought Muscala played very well aside from the fact he just didn't shoot it, shoot it well and was plus ten, and that's pretty indicative of the way that he played in twenty minutes. 
Miles Plumlee had some decent minutes here, six points, four rebounds, was plus four in 13 minutes of play. I thought Miles just came in, did his job, and uh, didn't do much more. There was an amusing uh, isolation offensive play where he, he sort of uh, went one-on-one, uh, and that did not end well. And I will say that just uh, as, a point, as a point of uh, more amusement than anything else. It wasn't like a – it was sort of late in the shot clock, and he kind of had to go to some extent. But uh, pretty funny there to see him sort of isolate offensively one-on-one. Uh, Malcolm Delaney, 12 minutes, only 12 minutes. I mentioned that before, sort of some weird deployment there, but four points and was pretty active defensively, had an assist and a rebound, didn't do a whole lot. You know, was 0-2 from the floor, made all four of his free throws. Uh, pretty anonymous night from Malcolm, but uh, I expect at some point we'll see him more uh, more fully engaged. They're certainly going to need his defense, especially against the Warriors on Friday, and uh, provided he burgers this game with full health, I think you'll see more of him in that spot. Isaiah Taylor played well again, 13 points, uh, two assists, a steal, and a rebound in uh, 16 minutes, three or four from the floor, and got to the line seven times, six or seven from the free throw line. He's been very effective in the last handful of games, and uh, probably some of the reason why Bud felt comfortable going slow with Delaney in this spot. I think you'll probably not see uh, Morris <laughs> in that game, as, at least at least not this much against the Warriors. I, I can't imagine throwing him out there in that kind of spot, but um, with the way that Taylor is playing, you could see some more two-point guard lineups, given the fact that Delaney is comfortable playing off the ball as well. And uh, finally, as um, Tyler Dorsey, one of five from the floor, continues to sort of struggle from the uh, from the shooting standpoint, but four points and six rebounds. I think he continues to be a very good rebounding guard, which is very important, and uh, he gave good effort defensively, even, even though he did not have a shot falling in the spot. Finally, I mentioned I mentioned before Morris. In his first game, two points was one of six from the floor, and uh, you know offensively that's kind of the, it's kind of the issue with Morris. He's not he's not a shooter. He was a 28% three point shooter at the G League level this season, and uh, not a great shooter at, even at the D2 level in college. So that's probably the biggest question mark by his game. But he played hard. But complimented the fact that he defended and sort of played hard hard, hard on his basketball. He also said he shot it well in, in the shoot around for whatever that's worth. But uh, Morris with a, a fun night in his debut, getting a win, playing a lot actually um, by um, that sort of fourth wing standard. I thought he played um, reasonably well, despite the fact he did not shoot the ball very well. Uh, so in total, the uh, Hawks had a pretty good uh, defensive night here in a lot of ways. 97 defensive rating. The Pacers, after a red-hot shooting start in the first, in the first quarter, really cooled off. 42% from the floor, 34% from three. And uh, the Hawks forced 24 turnovers. That's going to get you a lot of wins. And uh, also, also the Hawks turned those into 29 points. That's probably the biggest reason why they were able to win this game. Uh, the Hawks also turned it over a lot in their own right with 21 turnovers. But uh, pretty pretty fast-paced game. The Hawks offensively did not do a whole lot. Um in a beautiful fashion here, a 102 offensive rating is not awful nor good. Uh, a couple of guys were super efficient, but even the you know the guys who led the team in scoring aside from Collins were not terribly efficient. You know, five of 13 from Prince, four of 13 from Schroeder, five of 14 from Muscala. Not not great there, but at the same time they did enough to get the win, and it was just a defense first performance, and that's probably something that we've not said a whole lot this season from Atlanta. So, uh, moving on from here. Hawks have a day off on Thursday before they get into the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. Uh, I would expect the Hawks to be a sizable underdog, of course, in that game, even at home. Atlanta has played well uh, in this building recently, aside from the uh, aside from Monday's debacle. But at the same time, you know, the Warriors are the Warriors, and I can't expect the Hawks to necessarily uh, compete at a high level in that game. But, you know, maybe if they play like they did tonight, it, w- it will not be a blowout by any means. And the Hawks can certainly hang around in that spot if they play, def- especially defensively, the way that they did in this game on Wednesday. So we will definitely be back from, uh, from Phillips Arena live with a Friday pod into Saturday morning on that one, but I'm planning to bring a show for you guys on Friday morning that I'll record on Thursday night, so uh, if nothing else, we'll have some fresh content going into the weekend, and the Warriors are coming to town, so it should be a packed house, Phillips Arena, it should be a lot of fun to take that game in. In the end, it's a very fun night, honestly, for the Hawks. I know a lot of people want to point to the tank, and I understand the lottery odds are not great when the Hawks win a game they're not supposed to win, you know, all I'll say is the Hawks were going to win at least a couple of more games this season, it wasn't as if they're going to uh, sort of lose out. 
and uh, you know, the Warriors is a it's a likely loss if you were looking uh, for for <laughs> looking for sort of the taking ramifications. That one seems pretty likely on Friday, and then we'll get into the real fun stuff on Sunday afternoon against the Phoenix Suns in what should be a battle for the ages. So stay tuned for that, of course, and uh, be, be, it's, it's going to be okay, folks. I promise the Hawks are not going to win out either, so uh, we'll have plenty to uh, sort of go through and um, decipher down the stretch here. The Hawks are now 19-43, and 43, so one of those things. They have 20 games left. We'll keep a close eye on them. I promise you in this space. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you've not done that already, I really, really appreciate it. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, all those fun places. We will see you guys later on in the week.